0: This is A Fresh Agenda, bringing your productivity and
1: creativity together to generate your deepest work. Here is Christina Mendonca. Hi, everyone. This is A Fresh Agenda, where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. I'm Christina Mendonca. Welcome to this little spot in the digital universe. I'm glad to have you here for a while. We're talking today to a thought leader who is particularly inspirational to women and girls. Her name is Rachel Hollis. She's a New York Times bestselling author of Girl, Wash Your Face. She's been on national TV talking about her coping strategies, life hacks, and offering that kind of girlfriend advice that has really captured the attention of thousands of people. She's great on social. She's Insta-famous, as they say, and CEO of the Hollis Company, a new media company that's all about tools for inspiration and personal growth. And she's coming to Sacramento for a sold-out appearance. It actually sold out in hours. However... There is a live stream video available to order at theselfie.com, which is spelled without an I. So it's the S-E-L-F-E.com. We'll talk more about that later. As always on this podcast, I'm interested in creativity, productivity, and where that all comes from in entrepreneurs. What is their source of inspiration and how do they recharge that idea well? Rachel has some interesting life experience and insight on that. But first, let me tell you about another inspirational guy. That is Dave of New Age Aerial. I've gotten to know Dave and Fred as New Age Aerial was my first sponsor on this podcast. They provide more than a bird's eye view. They capture beautiful vistas, breathtaking overviews, and an understanding of how things look from above. From film to commercial photography and video, the drone team at New Age Aerial can get you what you need. They can get you that beautiful shot for a fraction of the cost of hiring a pilot and plane. They are experienced flyers. Government agencies trust them during crises. They can send up drones with guided monitoring from an engineer on the ground to get exactly the photos and video needed. And not only do they have the tech tools, they are artists getting those unforgettable and scenic shots that open movies and show off that piece of property or thrill at the beginning of large business presentations. I'm thrilled to have them as a sponsor of the show because they're innovators of drone technology and use. New Age Ariel, check them out online at newageaerial.com. Mention the promo code FRESHAGENDA. They'll take great care of you. So happy to have New Age Ariel. I will tell you soon about a second sponsor that has joined up. One that is hitting in perfect timing for the upcoming sea ski ski season. So more on that a little bit later on. First, let's get to Rachel Hollis now and my conversation with her, which started with the discussion of her first book, which wasn't an inspirational book at all, but a recipe book. The recipes that my kids were loving or different things that I was trying
0: and so I think that was the first thing that gave me a sense of the idea that if you shared the tips and the tricks that were working in your own life, that other women could find some commonality in that and could find some resources. So it started, honestly, with casseroles and dips. And slowly, uh, you know, I like to say, as I changed as a woman, the business evolved right along with, with me. So as I started to, as my kids got older and I started to do more work on myself, that was when I really got into the space that I'm. Known for today, but it never ever was an intentional. Like I know there are people who say, like, I'm going to be a life coach or I'm going to be. A, that was never my idea, and frankly, still isn't my idea. I just think I'll share what works for me, and hopefully, there's some piece in there, there's some nugget in there that might work for you.
1: So you started with recipes, and and your first book was a recipe book. So what about food spoke to you, and and what about food? Uh, how through food did you want to communicate? Well, I
0: think honestly, I had grown up in a culture, my, my family on both sides is from Oklahoma. So I grew up in a really very Southern minded culture of everything kind of happens around the dinner table and birthday parties and holidays were a really big deal. And so that was truly where I learned to communicate. It was where I learned to speak. It was where I learned to tell stories. If anyone has a, a big Oki family, they understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of like tall tales and, and the history of each generation was kind of passed down to the next. So I think that that was where I first um, equated the idea of storytelling and cooking and dinner. And like I said, it just started to change as I um, honestly, I really was struggling pretty badly with anxiety. I was having debilitating anxiety. I had this business to run and these employees counting on me and two little kids. And I started having anxiety attacks. And I got to the point where I thought I was going to have to be put on medicine. And I really didn't want to have to take that step. It's like so important for so many people. But for me, I thought maybe there's something I could do. And so I, I tried everything. I read the books, and I went to therapy and I got healthy, like physically started working out and doing things to, to navigate around my anxiety. And when those things started to work for me, I just began to talk about them. And I you know, said to them like, hey guys, if anyone out there is struggling with this, here are you know, five things that I did that really helped me. And women were just like, oh my gosh, what else? What else? Tell me more. And so honestly, my career has forever just been, you know, like if your girlfriend told you the things that worked for her, that's kind of the foundation of everything I do.
1: Yeah, that very much is the feel of of your books and the way you communicate with your readers and your fans is is, you know, just like a like a girlfriend would. And you know, that theme of anxiety. Uh, I have two daughters myself and, and with talking to them and talking to their friends, I mean, that's, it's a big thing for young people today. And I don't know if it's tied more to kind of social media or tied more to the big lives that we all want and desire and, and think we should have. Um, what do you think I, anxiety is coming from? Where do you think it's coming from these days for young women?
0: Yeah. You know, in the last, um, uh six months. I have really, because it's, it's, a, it's a part of my next book, I'm talking about the idea of the oppression that women feel in all different areas of their life. Um, and so I got into this quite a bit and I realized how much anxiety for women is tied into other people's opinions of them. So it starts when we're really young. And so I would say, like, if any of you listening have teenage daughters especially, uh, they start to learn that they need to look a certain way or act a certain way or be a certain way in order to be popular or cool or fit in or feel loved. And I think that this follows us into our adulthood unless we actively take steps to navigate around it. So for me, I can recognize now in retrospect that my anxiety truly, all of those anxiety attacks stemmed from many things and, and I had to do a lot of work, but the core was I love working. I really, really loved working. I was so proud of the business I was building and I'm really proud of the fact that I have a high school diploma and I've managed to build a multi million dollar media company just like reading books and listening to podcasts and I was so proud of that, but simultaneously, I was surrounded by family members, both mine and my husband, who didn't think that a mom should work. The very mm. sort of old school mentality thought, you know, the husband goes to work and the wife stays home and raises the kids. So even though I had this big business, I what, didn't get a ton of support, meaning <laughs> I got some pretty active um, people who stood in opposition of that. And so like most women, i uh, plenty of women will just give up on the dream they have for themselves if it makes other people uncomfortable. What I did was what a lot of women do, where I kept doing the thing that I love, but I made it very small. I, I didn't talk about it. I didn't ever do it in a way or pursue it in a way where it would make anyone else feel uncomfortable or have anyone be mad at me. So I tried to be who I was on the inside. While trying to please everyone else, I was so concerned with other people's opinions of me that I didn't care at all about my opinion of myself. So, so often, I, you know, I'm speaking all over the world and I'm usually speaking to crowds, crowds of women. And when someone tells me they're suffering from anxiety, it's always the question that I will root around and find, which is who right now is upset with the way you're living your life? who is actively speaking into you and telling you that you're doing it wrong. Who's at, And they're always there's always someone. It's like, well, my sister doesn't want me to do direct sales. Or my husband, you know, he really doesn't like that, you know, I went back to school and that means that I have less time for him and the kids. Um, so a lot of times, and I'm not saying always, but when women tell me they're struggling with anxiety, I tend to ask that question, who are you trying to please? Who are you trying to get approval from right now that's not giving it to you? because At at your core, in your heart of hearts, you have to love and appreciate who you are. The second that you try and live your life for other people's opinions of you, you don't have a chance.
1: You know, I think that is definitely one of the keys to a happy life. I heard the saying once that, you know, at 15, you think everybody is watching you and judging you. At 25, you think people might be judging you, but you care a little bit less. And then at 35, you realize, no one is watching you. (laughs) No one cares about your life. They're into themselves. But I mean, what a shame if it took till 35 or 40 to realize that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So let's talk a little bit about the impact of social media. I mean, you are so powerful on social media and a lot of people are. Uh, It gets a lot of flack for being a place where people have their self-esteem torn down. But you also see these thought leaders like yourself that are on social that are really inspiring young women. And that is the way to communicate with this, especially, you know, if you're looking at Gen uh, Z. Mm -hmm,
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think it's like it's like any. Any tool, any great new tool in the world can be something that we use for good or for bad. And I think that there are so many incredible positive things to be found in social media, the access to information um, to be able to have people who inspire you like at the touch of a fingertip. If, if I'm having a day where I'm feeling down or I'm feeling tired and there are those people that I admire, those thought leaders I love that I can just really quickly go listen to one of their podcasts or go look at their Instagram sort of get myself boosted back up. The friends that I've made through Instagram, like real true good friends that I've made because of this social platform. So I think there's incredible power in it to bring people together. As a mom, I am terrified, frankly, of what it will mean to our kids. My oldest is 11. He started middle school this year. And he, every day, is like, why can't I have a cell phone? Why can't I have this? And I'm like, I didn't, I, and I know it's a different generation, but I'm like, I didn't get it so until I was 20 years old. Right. You do not need it at 11. And definitely the idea of them being on social, the things that they can access or see. We even see it. He has like a, an iPod touch, so he can text his friends through his iPod. And we get all of his texts because we monitor everything. We're mm-hmm. just like crazy. Mm-hmm. And even within that, I'm sure other parents see this too. Even within that, we have times where we're like, hey, like, why is this person talking to you like this? Or why, like, kids are just meaner or more vicious than, maybe it's the anonymity of a screen, but it makes me so nervous for them because it's hard enough being in middle school when you add in social media to that. I think we just all have to be very careful with how much we allow our kids to have access to. and I. Do not mind that my 11-year-old thinks I'm so uncool because I'm the only mom, which is for sure not true, but I'm the only mom that won't let their kid have, you know, an Instagram of 11 years old. But I would rather he be frustrated and annoyed with me and have it take longer before he gets access to everything that's out there, even the good stuff. Um, just so he can be a kid as long as possible.
1: Well, you know, you and you're absolutely right. My my husband's a teacher and has seen the impact on sixth grade his sixth grade students, even in the last ten years, in terms of attention span and uh, and 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 all of that when it comes to the classroom work and from those who have social media at a very young age. And those who don't. But even beyond that, I mean, when you look at girls and older and older girls, especially, I noticed that the times where uh, both my daughters would want to have a discussion about how they felt about themselves usually was tied to something they saw on social, Mm -hmm. uh, a big life that they thought they should be having or were afraid they never were going to have or a way they should look. And it is it is a difficult comparison that we all put ourselves through in real life, let alone on social media.
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that I talk about in Girl, Wash Your Face is this idea of comparison is, you know, comparison is the death of joy. The second that you start looking outside of yourself for, uh, for a judge on how you're doing is the second that you lose all momentum, all joy, all, you know, because you're, you're going to do one of two things. If you're comparing yourself to someone else, Uh, You are either going to judge someone else and find them lacking, which is not good for your soul. You know, that you purposely compare yourself to someone who's struggling. You're like, well, at least I'm not doing as bad as Sarah over there. Or you compare yourself to someone who you perceive as doing better than you. And you rob yourself of any will that you had to keep going. The, The crazy thing about comparison on social media is that we're comparing ourselves to someone else's highlight reel. So we're looking at our real life, our real bodies, our real uh, struggles and and trials that we have to go to, go through, and we compare it with someone else's beautiful picture on Instagram. Uh, so it's not even a fair, it's not even a fair comparison because it's not reality. And I think that if you are constantly speaking the truth back into your kids, like, no, oh, this is what reality looks like, and this is how it is, and this can be this fun thing that we do, but this is not. The definition of who we are, uh, it can make a big difference. I think the the crazy thing is for so many people, they understand this, like, they know it's true, but they still don't actively pursue it. Meaning, like, thirty women in their 30s, like me, know, like, they know that there's a filter on that picture, and they know that she had her hair blown out that day. They know these things, and (laughs) that they still are looking in the mirror and going, oh, gosh, I wish. I wish that I had this or I wish that I had that. And the sucky part is that we tend to compare ourselves with the things that we feel most insecure about. So if you are insecure about being a mom, if you're insecure about your own body, if you're insecure about your business or whatever, that's when we tend to look to others to see, okay, how am I doing? And really, I always tell people it's like eighth grade math, like keep your eyes on your own paper. Keep your head awesome. down. Do your own work. Focus on you. The only person you should be comparing yourself to is who you were yesterday.
1: Right, right. Girl, wash your face. I know that was your breakout, and it is um, is fantastic, full of great advice for for young women. Tell me a little bit about this upcoming book, uh, "Girl, Stop Apologizing."
0: Yeah, I'm so excited. You know, we we just have gotten the advance uh, copies out, which that for the first time, people that I know, like people besides my editor are reading it. And the feedback is so great, which I'm so appreciative of. I, I'm i super thankful. Um, you know, if, if people are not familiar with Go Wash Your Face, it was, I, this sounds so ridiculous to say, but it was crazy successful. Like the right. kind of success I never in a million billion years could ever imagine. And I, thank goodness, had already written this second book, so I'd written "Girl, Stop Apologizing" before "Girl, Wash Your Face" came out. Thank God, because <laughs> I think that if I think that if "Girl, Wash Your Face" had come out, like I'm like, would I even have had the courage to write another book? Because when you have something that does, you know, as well as this one did, how how do you even follow it up? So my intention when I was writing "Stop Apologizing" was, what is the next? So for so many women women who read Go Wash Your Face, they were like, okay, I'm in. I believe this idea that I was made for something more, whether that's being a better mom or being a better CEO, whatever it is, I, I believe that I'm made for more. How do I get there? How do you actually become a better version of yourself? How do you actually achieve a goal? How do you do that? And I thought, man, I'd love to write. Um, And I I tried to write the most tactical advice I had ever given. Because for me, I'm self-taught. You know, I told you earlier, everything I know about business, I learned in books and I learned on the internet. And so I really wanted to write about my success both personally and professionally and speak to what were the exact steps that I took. Because as a student like I am, who constantly wants to learn, I hate when people are like, work hard. I'm like, what does work hard mean? Like, right. Tell me exactly how you did it. So Girl Stop Apologizing, the tagline for that one is a shame-free guide for embracing and achieving your goals. And the, the important part about that sentence is shame-free because so many women have hopes and dreams and goals for themselves, just like I did as that mom who's having anxiety attack but are terrified to pursue them or pursue them in secret because they're worried about being judged. They're worried about what other people will think. They're worried about what will happen if they fail and people watch them fail. They have so much fear that they never even try. And I just wanted to encourage women to try, wanted them to stop apologizing for who they are and just embrace who they were meant to be and live every day in pursuit of that person.
1: Wow. Well, and you are so smart to write two books at once because you're absolutely right. Every yes, author right? I've ever talked to says, oh, my gosh, the worst day was when someone came up wanting me to sign my book and said, what's next? And I was like, oh, right? gosh,
0: right? <laughs> no, I tend to get the idea for the next book when I'm finishing edits on the last one. So if I know what it is, I just go right into it. In fact, it, as crazy as it is, and I want to beat my head against the wall, I'm writing the book right now for 2020. So I like as long as I know what it is, I just keep writing.
1: Fantastic. And, and you're raising kids too and running your business. And that's got to be crazy busy and doing these fabulous events le- that you'll be in Sacramento for soon. So yeah. how, how has being a mom changed any of your opinions or strengthened them?
0: Well, I think. You know, when I, one of the questions I get asked about a lot, because I, like I said, I speak to on a lot of stages and I tend to be talking to women who are women in business. And I get asked a lot about mommy guilt. And which, if you're not familiar with it, for anyone who's listening, is something, I mean, it's like this ridiculous thing of moms having guilt either for being a working mom or maybe they're a stay-at-home mom, but they feel guilty because they're not parenting in the right way or they're Mm -hmm. not spending enough time with their kids. And I think mommy guilt is, like, just the worst thing ever. I would use a cuss word except this is on air, so I'm not going (laughs) to say it. But it is so terrible. And so many women have accepted that mommy guilt is a part of being a mom. And that's just absolutely untrue mommy guilt you feeling guilty does not help you in any way and it doesn't serve your children in any way i don't know a single person that suffers from guilt and then feels stronger because of it or has guilt and then thinks like okay now i'm going to get on this most of the time guilt actually makes us feel weaker and it takes it takes away any resolve that we had and in my own you know history as a mom a lot of that anxiety I was feeling was tied to this guilt of I'm not showing up for my kids in the right way because I'm not a stay-at-home mom. And I really feel like I started to become the mom I was meant to be, started to become the mom like, that I am, not how you parent, not how my mother-in-law parents, not any of the moms at school, but how I mother. I really started to become that when I let go of the guilt. When I decided, you know what, God willing, I am the only mother these children will ever know. And if I'm the only mother they know, then they don't have a frame of reference. They don't know what it's like. They only know what it is to have a working mom. And yes, that means that I am not home as often as a stay-at-home mom is. But it also means the flip side of that is that my children don't know a world where a woman can't build a massive company from scratch. My kids don't know a world where uh, someone with a high school education can't, like, I have a high school education. I have the number one book on the New York Times list for the last 20 weeks. To my kids, that's normal. To my kids, they know that if you're willing to work hard for something, you can have anything. So, yes, there were trade-offs with me being a working mom, but there were also magnificent gifts in that. And so what I would say to moms who are listening to this is certainly there are areas where you can go, yeah, that kind of stuff. Like, it would be great if I didn't have to travel quite so much, but look at what I've been able to give them because of this work that I'm doing. And it doesn't, it really does not serve your children if you are trying to pursue who you are or the dreams of your heart or if you're trying to build a career or a business or or even if you're just a stay-at-home mom and you're trying to do a few things for yourself on the side it doesn't serve your kids if they watch you pursue your heart and also feel shame about it simultaneously right because what you're teaching your kids is yeah go follow your dreams but also beat yourself up for it (laughs) so um i have just really tried to embrace you know, this is this is the mom that I am, and I'm going to every single day try and be the best mom that I know how to be to these kids. And I'm going to let other people's opinions, other people's expectations for how I should parent go.
1: Right. And I want to continue a little bit on that theme in terms of how you deal with criticism. You know, one of the things, again, uh, in talking to the young people that I know in my life is I, t- I encourage them, you know, if if you're going to create something. You have to put it out in the marketplace. And once you put it out in the marketplace, it is going to be critiqued and sometimes criticized. So you have to have the self-confidence to see past that to your vision, to what you want to build. How have you reacted to criticism or critique?
0: Well, so my, my favorite story about this is the very first book that I wrote. And it's important to note, I am a massive book nerd. I love to read. I read probably more than any person you know. And I had always wanted to be an author since I was a little girl. And so my very first book that I wrote was actually fiction. It was just this fun thing that I did on the weekends. It made me happy. I didn't want to be a professional author. I just wanted to write these like sweet little fiction books. And the very first one I wrote, I ended up self-publishing, and you know it just had a handful of fans who read it and I felt really proud of it, and I would go every day and I would read the new Amazon reviews. And every day the Amazon reviews were so great, and it was so awesome until one day. I got a one-star review, and this woman hated my book, hated it, like, with a passion, (laughs) and I'd never encountered that before, and she talked about how terrible it was, and she said it was trite, and she said it was ridiculous, and that the characters were vapid, and I was devastated, like, so devastated, and I'm sitting at my computer like, man, she's right, like, I'm a terrible writer, I should never have done this one stranger's opinion of my work. Sent me down such a spiral that I was thinking I should never write again. Like that's how ridiculous it was. And then I decided, I was like, wait a minute. You are either going to create because you have a desire on your heart to do it, or you're going to keep trying to seek approval from people, but you can't do both things. So my advice to anyone who has anything that they want to put in the world, maybe you're a photographer, maybe you're a dancer, you sing, you write, anything. Anything you're trying to do, your personal style, how you do your hair, anything, is that you need to do it because it makes you happy. And in a perfect world, you'll put your thing, your special creation out into the world, and it will find a home, even if the home is only one person who understands its value. But maybe no one will. And the question you have to ask yourself is, do I want to create because I have a God-given ability to do so? Because I live in a country where I have the freedom to express myself. Because, because, because. Or am I only trying to get adoration? Am I only trying to get stars? Am I only trying to get love? Am I only trying to get likes on my Instagram photo? Because if that's what you're after, you're chasing the wrong thing. And your art will never make you happy. So just a really practical piece of advice. Since that day, which was, gosh, maybe six years ago. When I read that one-star review, I have never read another review of anything I've created ever since, Never wow. one time, good or bad. Because what I realized was I was going and looking at good reviews because I wanted motivation to keep going. And if you cannot find the motivation inside your heart, inside your gut to keep going for yourself, there's no amount of praise that's going to get you there. So I just chose full stop. I would never read another review and I never have. And I don't know. I honestly don't. I mean, Girl, Wash, Freeze has done well. But with my other books, I don't know. I don't know if people loved them. I don't know if they hated them because I wasn't creating them for those people. I was creating it because I had characters in my head I wanted to see on the page.
1: And one of your themes that you talk about that uh, that I just love is that if you're not failing, you're not learning. You will fail eventually. Yes.
0: Yes. I say this all the time when I'm on stage, like... People are so afraid that to try because they're you know it's the first time they do something and they're worried that they're gonna suck and I'm like oh my gosh, of course you're gonna suck, of course you are. (laughs) It's your very first time. Like let me give you that gift right now. You're gonna be terrible Mm -hmm. because we are all terrible when we've never done something before. But you can't not try simply because you're not gonna knock it out of the park the first time. Nobody did that. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep standing up or you're never going to become who you were meant to be.
1: A question I ask all of my guests, what do you do to stay creative? How do you either unplug or is there a, a, something that you do, a routine that you follow that kind of keeps your creative juices flowing?
0: I think for me, um, what pops into my head is I create every day. So for me, my personal brand of creativity is writing. And I write every single day and I've heard other like really prolific authors who say the same thing is if you're doing it every single day, even if you're only writing a paragraph, it's, it's a habit and you don't overthink it. A lot of times creatives can get very, very precious about what they're working on. They'll be so obsessed with this one thing and have it, you know, it's got to be perfect. And my thing is, no, man, I've just got to keep putting it out there i have become a better writer by writing the only way i know how to get better and the greatest compliment these people who are reading the new book the greatest compliment that i've heard is hey this is better writing than the last book and i'm like oh thank god that's my hope i hope every time you read one of my books you're like yeah she got a little bit better so the the advice that i would give maybe it's unusual but i would just say every single day do your personal brand of creativity, do your thing. Because if you've got to produce every day, you will get creative.
1: Mm, I like it. Yeah, it's Interesting. I, I always love asking that question to guests because I get everything from, well, I exercise to I go to the beach to I, that's the first time that that someone has said, create every single day in your particular yeah. brand of creation. I like it. I like yeah. it. So tell me about the event, the um, the Self-E event. There are three E's involved here, and you're going to be talking to a lot of uh, women here in the Sacramento area very soon about this event.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited. You know, I have never actually been asked to come out and speak to an audience that has so many teenagers in it. Mm-hmm. So there's this part of me that thinks, oh, my Lord, I'm definitely not cool enough. can <laughs> I mean, about four seconds. Um, but I'm interested to talk to a crowd. i I am my understanding is that the crowd will be, you know ninety nine percent women, and it will be women of all ages. But I do think that there's some universal truths that all of us, at no matter what age we're at, that we have to come to learn, that we need to know to love ourselves, we need to understand that we are empowered to make change in our lives and in our communities, um, and that we can be effective. Like there are so many things that um, that will resonate, I hope, no matter what age you are. So I'm really excited to come and share some wisdom
1: that day. Fantastic. All right, Rachel Hollis, tell me so, Tell me where we can connect with you. For for the fans that are listening, they know how to connect with you, and they have. But, <laughs> yeah. but for those who are new to you, uh, tell us where we can find you, your books, all of your good writings, all the good stuff. Oh,
0: thank you. So um, my book, the really popular one we're talking about, is called Girl, Wash Your Face. And you can get that at Target or Barnes & Noble or Amazon, anywhere books are sold. Um, I would say if you like the sound of my voice, I recorded the audio for the book. So you can grab it on audio as well. And my favorite social media platform is Instagram. And I am is Rachel Hollis.
1: Love it. All right, Rachel Hollis. Thank you so much for your time. Can't wait to see you here in Sacramento and look forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Rachel Hollis. I'm really excited to meet her when she comes to Sacramento. I'm actually emceeing the event that she's going to be a part of. Now, when it was first announced that she was coming to town, the event sold out like within hours. However, there is a live video stream of the event that you can order at theselfie.com. That's the selfie without the I. So the com. It's a $30 like pay-per-view event, but have a few girlfriends over, you all chip in five bucks, serve a little food and make an afternoon of it because it's gonna be a lot of fun and Rachel's just great. So your book club, your Girl Scout troop, your uh, your sorority, invite them all over and uh, enjoy Rachel Hollis and all of her wisdom, she's fantastic. Okay, before I go, I wanna let you know about a couple of things about New Age Designs and about a new sponsor newagedesign.com. Gotta to go to them, they are your web designers with purpose, ambition, and great analytics. You need design, SEO, SEM, Google Analytics? They can hook you up. New Age Design staff has spent decades managing various UX and WebEx marketing projects for large corporations. Uh, they've worked with the most talented digital agencies in the world, so they can definitely help you help you create so much value for your end user. Check them out at newagedesigns.com and because they are one of our fabulous sponsors, you'll get extra special treatment by using the promo code FRESHAGENDA. And very soon we have a new sponsor coming online. Uh, I'm very excited about it and I'll tell you why you should be excited about it too because it may mean some, I don't know, some free... Lift tickets for you, or potentially some other kind of swag if you're into the ski thing. Very excited, and ski reports as well. So uh, that's coming up very shortly. I'll be announcing that brand new sponsor. So happy here. So there you go inspiration and maybe free lift tickets. Thanks to our new sponsor. Reach out anytime. You can find me on all the socials plus Christina Mendonca2 at gmail.com or Christina Mendonca at iHeartMedia.com or my website. That's the easiest to remember, probably. Christina There's a contact form there. No H in Christina. And we'll talk next time. Until then, be listening weekday mornings to KFBK. We're 93.1 FM, 1530 AM, or worldwide on the iHeart Radio app. That's the KFBK Morning News. Thanks for being here this has been a fresh agenda. So glad you stopped by. I'm Christina Mendonça. Let's stay connected. This is a fresh
0: agenda, bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work.